Exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall. Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now... From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers Radio. 6.30 Shed. The Los Angeles Kings outmuscled the Edmonton Oilers in the third period. 2-1 the decision tonight as the Oilers are now winless in 6. 0-5-1 over that span. They've lost five in a row in regulation time. They had the lead tonight. Zach Cassian scored late in the second period. Then Jeff Carter on hockey's version of a quarterback sneak, tying it up 527 into the third. Dwight King with a tip at 14-10, standing up as the winner. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 1136 from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. I'm Reed Wilkins along with Rob Brown. Terry Peranich Real Estate Team Overtime Open Line. You can reach us by calling 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. Rob, got a question for you. We've watched every Oilers game together this season. Mm-hmm. How many times have the Oilers <laughs> scored a goal like the one Jeff Carter scored tonight? A guy just will not be denied bowling his way into the crease and forcing the puck over the goal line. Uh, not near enough. Not not even close to near enough. Well, it's funny. Both goals the Oilers scored, or excuse me, that the Kings scored tonight are ones that we don't see a lot of with, with, with the Oilers. Ones in the blue paint. Ones where guys are camped out, taking a beating, uh, willing to take a beating, knowing that the puck eventually is going to have to come through them. Uh, the Oilers, a lot of the season, been a perimeter hockey club. And we've talked about it a number of times. The coaching staff's talked about it. Uh, the GM has talked about wanting players that are willing to go into the hard areas. And if you want to score in the National Hockey League, it hurts sometimes. And tonight we saw the LA Kings, they just bully their way through it. They don't, they don't win pretty, but they win. And I think that's a good lesson for, for anyone watching hockey right now is you don't always have to win pretty. At the end of the day, you just have to win. Well, and as, as much as the Oilers did a lot of things tonight that they hadn't done over the previous five games, the goal they score does wind up being off the rush. And, hey, you need the ability to score off the rush too. And we've seen the Kings do it in the past. Um, but, but the Oilers, you know, still chances tonight, chances around the net, not quite, I mean, much better going to the net. But still, there was a good example in the third period when Cassian tried to jam the puck in from the side of the net with Talbot pulled. There were Oilers there within about 10 feet of the net, but there was a L.A. King between them and Quick. When, especially at the end of the game, but yeah. anytime the puck's in the the blue paint, it should look like a, a rugby scrum. It, it, honestly, it should be uh, four to six bodies all in the same area fighting for every inch out there trying to just nudge that puck across the goal line. And sometimes skilled players tend to stand back about three or four feet, hoping that the puck bounces out to them instead of just getting into the blue paint and willing it into the net. And we saw a great example. I mean, Jeff Carter, that's an Olympian. That's not, that's not a, a fourth-line plug that is diving into the crease to score a goal. That's an Olympian, Canadian gold medalist, that he knows what it takes to score. Like, and he can score pretty goals. But he also knows that sometimes you have to go in and pay a price to score a goal. And he did pay a price. And having Fane on top of him, he's on top of the goaltender, but the puck was in the net. So uh, coaching, coaches, they always show you in video, they show you the good and bad that you did. But they also show you a lot of good things that other team does. 
so that you know, okay, see, here's what a good hockey player is doing to be successful. Let's see if we can emulate some of that. Carter's goal after Cam Talbot stopped the original shot. He was raking in the rebound. It bounced over his stick. Then he made a great save on the second try, but the puck uh, was loose in the crease, and Carter jammed in it. For me, Rob, there's there's no doubt that Talbot, as he has often been this year, the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. You can check him out at maauctions.com. Well, I'm, I'm shocked that he wasn't one of the three stars. Like, I know they gave Cassian a star, and Cassian was all right, but, I mean, this game wasn't a game without Cam Talbot playing as well as he did. Good goaltending at both ends. Tonight. It was, Obviously, absolutely. Quick, quick does it again. He made two great saves off McDavid in, in the second period. And, uh, you know, the, Oil, the the Kings were clearly better in the third period, but Quick had to do a little bit of work there as well. Good goaltended game. The Kings pull it out 2-1. Certainly the lineup changes are going to raise some eyebrows tonight. We, we've suspected for a while something's been up with these two period, these two players. As we look at our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors, life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Justin Schultz and Teddy Purcell, both healthy scratches tonight. Yeah, and I mean, neither player, we believe, will be here on Tuesday. We think they'll both be moved, whether it's tonight, tomorrow, sometime anyways, before uh, Monday's deadline. Uh, Justin Schultz... I mean, both players can be said they're, they're out of the lineup because you want to keep them healthy enough so that they can be traded. But you also can look at the fact that Justin Schultz has struggled so badly as of late that just simply your team is better right now with Justin Schultz in the press box. So that's probably the main reason he's out. And you and I were talking between periods that possibly, I mean, Teddy Purcell, who knows, maybe he was traded to L.A. tonight. Right. And they, they just held him out as a, you know what, okay, we'll give him the, the player, but you can't play him against us. But Teddy Purcell, and, it, and it's... Teddy's had a nice year for the Edmonton Oilers. He's fit on uh, with, with Drysdale and Hall, and he's, he's been better than uh, a lot of people had expected this year, but his contract situation means he has to be moved so you can get an asset coming back, and that is the main reason that he will be traded before Monday's deadline. 2-1, the Kings over the Oilers. We'll start the open line tonight with Daryl. Hey, Daryl, thanks a lot for calling. Yeah, good evening, guys. Uh, I just think that... Uh you know, especially guys like Hall or, or, I mean, Justin Schultz and that, why would they, you know, be upset? I think if they get traded, uh, any, I think anybody on the Edmonton Oilers that gets uh, traded will be the guys, you know, they'll do the good thing and they'll stand up to the mic and say how they're disappointed that they wanted to stay here and stuff. And then they'll be doing cartwheels in the airport to get out of here. So, uh, in fact, even if I was uh, Taylor Hall, uh, I, re- I know he has another four years on his contract, but uh, they haven't put a C on his sweater for everything he's done for this team. So, uh, actually, if I was him, I would have my agent going in and telling him I want to be traded. Okay, thanks for calling, Daryl. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If Taylor Hall is traded, I don't think it's going to happen in in uh, in the next few days for sure. Uh, this texter says, "Hey guys, so the Oilers do the Oilers have the pieces to attract a guy like Scott Hartnell, bigger, stronger, makes good players better? Is he a fit? Uh, you know, Hartnell would." He'd certainly add some size. He can be a bit of a nasty player. I, I don't. I I think he's on the downturn of his career, 
Um, just checking his contract status here. He is on the downturn. He's a guy, though, that in his prime, any team in the National Hockey League would want because he is a guy that scores when he scores ugly goals and he goes hard to the net and he's not afraid to fight and he's physical and he gets in your face. Yeah, I... Like how old is Hardnell now? He's, he's 33. Yeah. He's so, under contract for th- three years after this one. That That's, that's, the, that's the scary part. That, right? That's tough. I, 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 you don't want to get a guy on the downside of his career who's got term left on his contract, especially long term. And three years is a lot of time to to have a Scott Hartnell on your, on, in your lineup. He is a good hockey player. And four or five years ago, he would have been the perfect player that the Edmonton Oilers could have used. Kings beat the Oilers 2-1. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world, making a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation tonight. 50 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. All right, we will go to uh, Jamie on line two. Jamie, you are our Finish the Play contestant tonight, so you automatically get 50 bucks to Panda Hut Express, and we'll play the contest with you after you give us your thought on the game. Cool. Um... Yeah, first off, uh, I just thought the Oilers were definitely more scrappy tonight, and they really had, like, ants in their pants. They were going pretty good. So that's good to see that McClellan got them going, but I kind of want to go off topic here for a second, and just I just want to talk about a more broad thing about, you know, the Oilers' identity, and I think it's really cost them over the years here. I mean, you guys, you guys talk to players before the game opposing players and you ask them what what are you guys looking like what do you guys look for for what how the Oilers are going to play and what do they say every time Reed? they like, say are, every time we got to watch their speed we can't let them basically counterattack and free wheel you're right they're never true. worried about being pushed around or forechecked or anything like okay. that and that's the point I want to get across almost every time they say they're a fast skilled team and they go hard at you on the rush, and they're fast and skilled, and they're dangerous. But what I think over the last decade, unfortunately, is the Oilers brass that has managed the team, not this year and even half of last year, but whatever, they, they branded their philosophy on this team has been, we want a fast, skilled, talented team like the ones from the 80s. But here, here's what I, I think, is that this has really caused a lot of problems because the game has changed dramatically since then. The, the pool of NHLers has honestly exploded. Everyone is fast. Everyone is skilled. And, and this is, just isn't going to work anymore. I, I mean, the great teams now, they have balance with their players. They're, they have a whole team game. They have great discipline, great coaching, solid structure and process, and they have strong, fast, determined players. Like the Oilers management right now has to come up with a new philosophy that's gonna that's gonna change this old philosophy. When when we play teams, they have the same game plan against us over and over again, and it's constantly if they play a safe, responsible game. The Oilers are, are, are going to fizzle out, and their skill won't push through. That's all i got to say about that. Yeah, well, I mean, they have a new general manager, so I think that's pretty apparent that there, there will, be, uh, will be a new philosophy. All right, Jamie, on the line here, you can qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. They're in Edmonton, Sherwood Park. 
Fort Saskatchewan and Stony Plain. Love your ride with Integra Tire. Here we go. Osterley advanced the puck to Cassian, and he'll chip it back beneath the L.A. goal line. Kopitar there. Dowdy turned it over. Dry saddle centers. Great shot. All right, that should be an easy one, Jamie. Goal or no goal? No goal. Osterley advanced the puck to Cassian, and he'll chip it back beneath the L.A. goal line. Kopitar there. Dowdy turned it over. Dry saddle centers. Great shot. And Cassian was stopped by Jonathan Quick. Cassian did get the Oilers' goal tonight, but not there. His third of the season. Carter and King for Los Angeles, who win it 2-1 over Edmonton tonight. All right, quick timeout. If you're on hold, please stay there. You can also text 630-630. This is Terry Peranich, Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. On Oilers Radio, 630-CHAD. Rebound Jeff Carter. He'll lift it down low for Dwight King, and the cycle continues to void a Carter, quick shot. What a glove save made by Cam Talbot to keep this a scoreless tie. His best save of the night on a heater from Jeff Carter. Well, Talbot made a few good ones. That's your save of the game for Armor Insurance working today to protect your tomorrow. But the Kings score two in the third to come from behind and knock off the Edmonton Oilers 2-1. Cassian from Hall and Dreisaitl was the only marker for the Edmonton Oilers. Thanks for tuning in this evening. It's 11.52. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins as the Oilers' winless skid has hit six games and they have to move on to play the Anaheim Ducks tomorrow night. We should comment on as we have often the the Oilers defense and look he's a guy we keep talking about but he's earning it Brandon Davidson tonight plays 22-17 he's plus one he gets three shots on goal and young Jordan Osterley playing his eighth NHL game plays 21-07 you see the inexperience at times but I thought those two guys acquitted themselves pretty well well, Davidson was more than pretty well. Davidson was outstanding. Uh, he just does everything well right now. He, he's the Oilers' best defenseman, and probably by a long shot. Uh, the coaching staff obviously is is comfortable in having him in any situation. He gets out a little bit PP every once in a while. He's penalty kill, and he's out at the end of the game uh, when the, when the team is down. He, he plays shorthanded situations uh, end of the period. He just he's he's their failsafe. And it's just amazing to where he was pegged by just about everybody in training camp. And it, it just shows you that uh, the uh, a def- young defenseman, for him to ripen, to be able to come and play up in the National Hockey League, it's just a little longer than any anything else. And you've got to give them time to become what they're going to become. And he has become a very good defenseman. Osterley, on the other hand, you see his upside. And Jim Johnson, the, the other assistant coach, talked about it. He's got speed. He can get himself out of trouble with his legs. He's very heads up. He moves the puck. Now where he's going to have the difficulties is obviously in his own zone, battling with big bodies. But he's, he's smart. He uses his body positioning to, to block players out that way. Uh, they were by far the best pairing tonight. And Jim Johnson talked about it. And once again, at the end of the game, Osterley's out there with less than a minute to go in a one-goal game. So he's starting to gain the trust of the coaching staff as well. All right. So 2-1, the Kings win. No Oilers goal like this evening. they got to score five or more in a game, and then we turn it on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, and then you can print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village, three locations downtown and south side and north side. Uh, I'm going to read this type of text for about the 400th time this year. 
Danny says, if Yakupov survives the deadline and Purcell is gone, does Yak finally get an extended look in the top six with a real skill center? It's unbelievable that this guy is ripped apart daily for his flaws, but Everly puts in yet another weak effort on the gravy line and nothing is said. Y- yes, Yak has warts, but he excelled at both ends of the ice at the start of the year with McDavid, and with the effort he puts forth in any role, he deserves a real stretch with the skilled center. Even five foot nothing Derek Roy got him going. Danny, look, I, I want you to actually get off the Yakupov love train. The You accuse us of being on the Everly gravy train. Jordan Everly has, uh, what is he at, eight he, goals in the last 12 games? Well, what is it, since... November thirtieth, he's nineteenth in the National right, League points. But he wasn't points. with McDavid. This guy's arguing that he should, the Yakupov oh, okay. should be with McDavid. Everly has eight goals in twelve games. Yakupov didn't produce at that level. Does Everly have flaws? You're darn right, he does. He doesn't go to the net hard enough. He doesn't always battle on the puck hard enough. But when he has the puck, it's more likely he's going to make a smart and. He's that he's actually going to pass it to a teammate. There's no comparison between the two players. Uh, I, I mean, there there really isn't. I mean, if you love Yakupov, I'm not going to argue that you can ha- you you're allowed to have a favorite player, and it can be whoever you want, Danny. And you're you're darn right. Jordan Everly has flaws. He is not as good as Connor McDavid, and when he has played with offensive players, he hasn't been as productive. And there's a reason that he hasn't gotten those opportunities. And it's not just what happens in games. It's what happens in practices as well, Danny. And you don't see the practices, and I do. Okay? Let's leave it at that. I appreciate the text. But that I'm tired of this topic. It's, 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 it's To me, it's settled. Believe what you want about Yakupov, but keep it off this show. I'm done. You're done. It's simple. Yakupov's not good enough. He's simply not good enough, and that is not just the radio show talking about it. That's every coach he's had in the National Hockey League. It's the general managers he's had in the Hockey League, and it's word around the entire NHL. We we do our show here at this at the 6.30 Chad. We also sit in the press box, and we talk to all the different guys from all the different NHL teams around the league. Yakupov is not good enough to be a top-six player in Edmonton. Now, if he's not good enough to be here as a top-six player, and this is the 30th place team in the National Hockey League. Guess where he stands on most teams. So uh, I like Yak. I think he's a good kid. Uh, his flaws don't... The good things he does don't outweigh the flaws that he has as a hockey player. And I think that's his biggest detriment. Hopefully he can get it turned around. Hopefully, whether Actually, hopefully here at Edmonton where he figures it out. But right now he hasn't figured out how to play the game at the National Hockey League level. Oilers lose 2-1 to the Kings. We have post-game reaction coming from the Staples Center. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team, Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. All right, the LA Kings knock off the Edmonton Oilers. 2-1 tonight. Oilers now winless in their last six, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Good morning, Rob. It is tomorrow, isn't it? Well, it's today, but yes, it was a few minutes ago. It was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so it's tomorrow from yesterday, then? Yeah, it's okay, Friday. Perfect. I think it's Friday. There's Friday. a game later today. The Oilers play the Anaheim Ducks tonight. 
tonight eight already? O'clock. Yeah, we'll have it on on uh, on six thirty. Chet. Well, let's just stay the rest of the day then. We'll just hang out here all day. Let's. You got uh, something for me to do here today? Yeah, you can you can help with some stuff for sure. Halsey probably needs some help. Let's go back to the Staples Center. We have uh, Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. And you were looking for a response after having a chance to reset. What did you think of the team's response tonight? Well. We lost the game, which um, is not what we set out to do. But um, I think there was a game within the game tonight, and that was our uh, our ability to come out and regroup after a poor effort against Ottawa and, and compete hard. And I think for the most part, our group has, did that tonight. It was, uh, you know, for about two and a half periods, it was about our, our best game in a, in a long time. Um, and they're a tough opponent. They're big. They're strong. They're experienced. Uh, they don't panic at all. Their goaltender makes great saves, so um, they were very competitive. We pushed a good team to uh, to the brink, but at the end of the day, it's still a loss. And um, you know, but uh, the game within the game, I'm satisfied with. Is this more of what you'd like to see and expect to see after just some tough recent games? Absolutely. It's uh, that's an everyday effort that has to happen in practice. The days we aren't playing, that has to happen on days off when guys are reviewing what they're. Uh, what their approach to the game was, what their effort was like the night before, and that has to happen on game days. And um, that's the only way we get better. It's the only chance we have to get better as a team moving forward. You know, this time of the year when a player's healthy scratched around the deadline, there's always conjecture. Um, you said you weren't sure of your lineup. At what point did you decide that Teddy Purcell wouldn't play and potentially Justin Schultz? Well, they were both a, a later afternoon decision. So, um, you know, what uh, what's gone on or transpired, since that point till now, I'm not aware. But um, you know, if they're uh, available to us and they're ready to play, then we'll consider using them tomorrow. Todd, it seemed like it, you had more than one line going tonight. Was that due to the shakeup uh, of the forwards, or, or what did you see tonight of your forward group? Well, we had a team effort tonight. We had four lines that were giving us everything they had. They weren't perfect, uh, but it, the the desire and the will to uh, to try and push was uh, a lot stronger than it's been over the last little bit. So I give uh, the leaders in the room credit. I give the rest of the players credit for responding appropriately. Now, can we turn that into a win or two? That's the next step. But uh, uh, we've established a, a bit of a work ethic again, which was much needed. Since then, after the last few games, just everybody's still in. Everyone's listening to you. Everyone's just kind of understanding what it will take to you know, head down the stretch, play strong, and hopefully you can start up with victories. Well, yeah, I, I think that's happening. Um, you know, it's like a classroom. You have some good days, you have some bad days. And um, on the bad days, you hope that your your students go home and they reflect and they come back and they're ready to, to do it again. And the teacher also has to prepare his next lesson. So uh, we needed to do that at practice yesterday. I thought we had a real sharp one. The players took care of the, their level of commitment, and it was much better today. It's still not enough, um, but sometimes the talent and the size and and all the other uh, intangibles come into play as well. But the, uh, you know, the foundation of effort was much better. Well, and that's probably what's frustrating to a lot of people who watch, watch the game. Every team's going to have stinkers. The Oilers had one in Montreal, one against the New York Islanders, and basically the last, well, at least the last three at home, if not the last four. Uh, I mean, they actually played okay against the Ducks for two-thirds of the game. But the last three games, for sure, there wasn't a lot of effort there. So I mean, that, that's that's the that's the that's the frustrating thing. You know they can do it. You know they can play smart. You know they can play tough. You know they can hang in there. Um, I, I mean, if if they're going into this game against LA and you lose two one, but they played hard in their last ten games and won five of them, 
it'd be a different feeling. But it, it's it, it's just frustrating to see over the last seven games they played well, two and a half games maybe, and and part of that was against the Leafs who aren't very good. If you go into a game and you lose because the other team is better than you. I mean, there's not much you can, if you can do. Everyone says, well, if they give it 100%, well, the other team's trying to give 100% as well. And if both teams play as well as they can, well, and, and you lose, well, you're supposed to. If the LA Kings play as well as they, they can, the Edmonton Oilers are going to lose them. LA's better. The problem for, for the Oilers over the past little while is they weren't playing as well as they could. They they were cheating in areas. They were playing soft in areas. Um on the back check, on on the four check, not take making a or taking a hit to make a play, uh, not doing the dirty things, the little things, and that's what's frustrating because they're capable of doing it. They're, are, they, are they capable of playing head to head against Chicago Blackhawks when both teams are playing as good as they can? No, but they're still capable of doing all the right things. And when they choose not to do it, it frustrates the coaches, it frustrates the GM, and certainly frustrates the fans. And that's what we saw in the homestand tonight was a much better effort. At the end of the day, the LA Kings are better. But it was a better effort, and that kind of effort over the course of the season will get them a lot more victories. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they've they've thrown, especially this month, they've they've thrown games away by not even being in them and not reacting well when a little thing went wrong and, 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 and away the games would go. Uh, this texter to 630-630 says, Hey guys, I love Taylor Hall, but his game is almost one-dimensional. I'm not against trading him if we can get what we need. Yes, he's a good left winger. I understand the hole it would leave, but it seems that the losing has affected what made him successful. He still gets points and produces, and that's all we can ask for, but he just seems like a different player. Also, I thought Yakupov had a good game. I would like to see his line kept together next game to see what happens. And wow, Osterley and Davidson were amazing tonight. I just hope Schultz gets back in the lineup soon so we can show Toronto how to really suck. Jokes. Overall, I thought the Oilers had a better effort tonight. Another one-goal game. Well, you know, the the trade deadline is Monday. I, I don't think Taylor Hall is going to be traded before then. I mean, Rob, I think you and I agree in, in general. Um, there are three guys on this team who have been here a while, who have been through the tough seasons, and all make $6 million, and that's Hall, Everly, and Nugent Hopkins. I'm convinced at least one of them will get traded, probably around the draft, maybe at the draft, maybe a day or two before or after. Maybe two of them go. Uh, we'll see. It's it's just where this it's where this team is at, and it's and it's like you know callers and textures have talked about. Um, this team needs the guys. Now Jeff Carter's a special player, but they need the guys who can score the goals from four feet away and are are and are, and are willing to get there. And that's I think that's why Cassian helped Drysaitel and Hall tonight. Yes, yeah, Cassian is is a north south guy that goes hard to the net and he, he plays a very simple game and when he's on he can be effective. Uh when it comes to the, the three players that you talked about, at the beginning of the season there was a lot of people talking about should we trade this guy, should we move that guy and we said, well, I don't think their goal was to move any of them. But if they were going to be near the bottom of the standings again at the end of the season, well now all of a sudden the core isn't as good as they had hoped or wanted it to be. Well, here we are sitting in last place. The Oilers need uh, they, they need a lot of different things, but the biggest thing they need is help on the back end. And if you're going to get something on the back end that's going to help you and really help you, we're not just talking another Band-Aid, really help you, you've got to move one of your better players up front. The one that's going to get you the most coming back is Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall's been the most consistent of them all. He's got the biggest upside, and he's going to bring the biggest windfall coming back. Now, whether that's 
he gets traded or not, he is the biggest bargaining piece outside, obviously, of Connor McDavid, who's not, gonna who's get not traded. getting traded. He's the biggest bargaining piece that Peter Shirelli has. And, I mean, Wayne Gretzky has been traded. So great players have been traded away from the Edmonton Oilers. So this summer, Peter Shirelli is going to listen to offers for, from every, for everybody in which everyone he feels is going to make the biggest impact here in Edmonton. He will do it. And this is a man that traded Tyler Sagan, who is in, what, the top five best players in the world right now? And he traded him because uh, he, he's not afraid to make the big deal. So Taylor Hall's name will be in play. I don't know if they're going to actively pursue it. But if the right person calls with the right deal, then yeah, uh, Taylor Hall along with the other two players are in play. Kings over the Oilers 2-1. Corey texts in and says it's sad that Hall is getting blamed for failed management, including this year. Yeah, I don't think that texture was was no. was was blaming Taylor Hall. Uh, I do think Hall is associated with the quote-unquote rebuild, which is a word I hate using, but let's be honest, it's failed spectacularly. So that's what it's like with star players. Sometimes they might get too much credit when a team wins, and they might take too much of the blame when a team loses. But but that's the reality. I don't think that texture was blaming Taylor Hall. The reality is is that this team is not being built around Taylor Hall. It's being built around Connor McDavid. And the the deficits or, or the liabilities on this team are so great that you need something great to move to get it back. So to me, it's a compliment to Taylor Hall because he's the he's the best you have outside of Connor McDavid. So if you're going to move someone to get a big piece coming back, he's the only one that you can do to get that. And Taylor Hall is going to have success wherever he plays, individually. For the others to have success as a team, they need something on the back end. And they, need, they don't need a, a Fane or a Sekera or a, or a Ference or the players that they've been brought in. They need someone that can play 25 to 27 minutes and be a game changer. And that's not easy to find. All right, 2-1, the Kings over the Oilers. We'll have more post-game reaction, more of your phone calls as well. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Cassian in the second period for the Oilers, Carter and King in the third for Los Angeles, and they knock off Edmonton 2-1. The shots 36-27 for L.A. Both teams 0-for-1 on the power play. Both of the penalties were in the first period. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We have three points. Dave on the line tonight, 3PD. Good morning. Hey, good morning, boys. How's it going? Good. Okay, Reed, I'll be honest. I was going to rally up a little bit with the abs thing, but I'm not going to go there. We'll let it play itself out kind of thing. <laughs> um, I just got a couple comments and then my three points, guys. I'll try to make them a little quicker for you. Okay, first and foremost, with the loss tonight, I, the orders played well. Um, I thought they battled hard with the Kings. Uh, in the end, the Kings are just a better team. You know, I mean, like Robbie said, they, they can win the Cup this year. You know, and the orders are 30th. So, I mean, that's going to say something. Uh, my second comment is uh, our, our lack of physicality, guys, in front of our net really disturbs me. Now, I know Shirley old fix that in the offseason. I've got faith in the guy. I mean, he, he built the cup winner in Boston. So, I know he'll fix that. Um, my three points tonight. First point, Osterley for his eighth NHL game. I thought he was awesome tonight. He moved the puck well. Uh I thought he uh, he skated he, he I thought he skated pretty well. I thought his positioning was good, and uh, you know hopefully there's a future for him here. I'm not sure because he is undersized, but let's let's 
hope so, eh? Uh, my second point tonight is Brandon Davidson. Again, I agree with Brownie. I think Davidson right now is the best defenseman on the team. I mean, he's he's so calm back there, guys. Just the way he moves the puck and transitions and gets up the ice on the breakout, and you know, he's he's just so good at it. Uh, my third point tonight is Zach Cassian. I saw Cassian. You know, I don't think he played great to be honest, but I thought he did all right on the first line. He added a nice physical dimension to that line with Holland Dreisaitl, and uh, you know, he just he just. I, I'm going to repeat myself, but I mean, he he just he adds another dimension, guys, and it's and. When you have two skilled guys like uh, like Jahal and Drysaddle, you need a guy to go in the corners or to get the puck out to feed it out the Drysaddle to hook up Hall, you know. And, I mean, Cassian has the skill to do it, and he's also got the physicality, and he's got the bite to punch someone in the head, so to speak, kind of thing, eh? And, uh, yeah, I just it, – it sucks to, to lose, but, I mean, in the end, like Rob said, you know, if the Orders play their best and the Kings play their best, the Kings are going to win because they're just better. They got better defense. They've got better depth in their bottom six. And they've just got a, a whole better roster, and they've got a world-class goaltender, Jonathan Quick. In the end, I do believe that we will be there. I do believe that we will get good under McClellan and Shirelli. All right, Dave. The fans got to realize it'll take time. All right, thank you very much for calling. That is three points, Dave. He mentioned Zach Cassian. Let's go back to Staples Center and talk to the Oilers' goal scorer. Seemed like a pretty hard-fought game from you guys. How would you sum that one up? I think we did a lot of good things, but at the end of the day, we want to get two points. It's a matter of winning and losing, but I think um, it showed in here we can play with the best of, of teams if we play the right way and, and everyone chips in. I don't think one line. It was just one line. I think everybody played the right way tonight. Um, obviously, we're not happy with the outcome, but we can build off that heading into tomorrow. A word that was used a lot heading into tonight was spirit, and it seemed like that was a little bit different tonight. Did you feel different? As a well, I think we just we just regrouped as a as a group and um, we wanted to come back, have a good response. We're playing for each other in here, um, and tonight we did that. I, obviously, the result, obviously, again, it's not what we want, so so that uh, that still stings, but. Um, we did a lot of good things, stuff that we can can keep on going and keep on improving on and build off of. That's a team over there that's fighting for you know the playoffs and positioning and whatnot, and it seemed like they brought the physical intensity, but you guys matched that tonight. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, yeah. I think there was times when they took over a little physic- physically, but uh, we weathered that and 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 we got back to our game. There was, there was times they took over, but we weathered it and and, and we came back with our game again. And um, when you play good teams like that. The, there's going to be back and forth. I think it's a matter of. I think in the third period they really, they really cycled the puck really well. They didn't give us much time to, to get out of the zone or make plays. And I think that's that's what good teams do in this league. In the third period they get a lead and, and they start cycling and wearing you down. And it's tough to create offense from that. You score a goal tonight. What did you like about the dynamic of your new line? I think we skated well. Um, it's only one game. I think we, we can we can improve and read off each other more. But uh, to start, I think. Uh, we we all have more to give. I think when you lose hockey and there's no one that's that, that played well, <laughs> I think you, you simply need to do more to get wins. Uh, sometimes it's it's getting to the dirty areas a bit more, but um, there's things we can build off of. Definitely. All right, that's Zach Cassian who scores tonight. The Oilers lose 2-1 in Los Angeles. They haven't won in L.A. since November 3rd, 2011, 0-7-1 over that stretch. Our face-off trivia question tonight, Rob. Mm-hmm. Who was the Oilers' goaltender for that three nothing shutout in November of 2011? Um, I have no idea. Devin Dubnik. Well, it was one of the two. Nikolai Habibulin. Oh gosh, darn it! Who got that tonight, uh, Panashik? Let me find the sheet for you. 
Well, we'll just say John won. He gets it's late. <laughs> no, no, oh, find the sheet. No, I could. You, you shouldn't have said that. I just could have made up a name. Sheldon won. Joey Jojo Junior Shavadu. <laughs> Sheldon won from Good. the Big Bang Theory. Yes, <laughs> yes. Sheldon from the Big Bang. Yeah, that's well, he was right. in L.A. He was listening. Jim to the Parsons. Show. Jim Parsons won face-off trivia. Robert, I didn't know he was a that's, hockey that's fan. That's right. Uh, Fifty bucks to Padahut Express. He's in the grand prize draw for a one thousand dollar gift certificate to Skier Sports Shop, Edmonton's number one choice for skis and snowboards. That's what we should just start doing. Which fictional character <laughs> won face-off trivia tonight? Hey, uh, I was going to mention my buddy was at the game tonight in Los Angeles. Jeff, my buddy Jeff, he was sitting next to Matt Leinert, a washed-up quarterback. That was former quarterback, of course, the Arizona now, Cardinals. Now, how do you know he's... You're, now you're, you're labeling the wow. guy as washed up. Why is the guy he's, washed up? He's moved on to other things in his life. I'm sure he's happy, successful. And is your friend fictional? I mean, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Matt's imaginary friend was at the game last Yep, day. yep. Uh, we're going to do the other town scoreboard when we get back. Terry Paradich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 2-1 Los Angeles over Edmonton. Teddy Purcell and Justin Schultz, both healthy scratches, fueling speculation. Something will happen before the trade deadline. I would think that it would. I, I believe so, too. Other action tonight. Well, another big. Uh, there was a trade. First of all, Andrew Ladd goes from Winnipeg to Chicago, along with a couple of farmhands for Marco Dano and a couple of draft picks. Uh, a great trade for the Chicago Blackhawks. Get a guy that's won a Stanley Cup with them before. He can score. He can hit. He can play on your first line. He can play on your third line. It's going to make them a better hockey club. Josh Bailey scored in overtime as the Islanders beat the Flames 2-1. John Tavares, the setup on that play. A beautiful play on that one there. The Calgary Flames had a couple great opportunities before that in overtime, including a post I believe it was Giordano hit the post, comes back the other way, and the New York Islanders get a big win in their race to the playoffs. The Jets outscore the Stars 6-3. The Canucks win on home ice 5-3 over the Senators. Nashville beating Chicago 3-1. Pecorine made 38 stops in that one. The Rangers hold off the Blues 2-1. The Maple Leafs two points ahead of the Oilers now 3-1 over Carolina. Panthers beat the Coyotes 3-2. Flyers beat the Wild. 3-2, 3-2, and the bl- bl- Blue Jackets, 6-1 over the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of happy nights in Columbus Town this year, but this tonight was a good one for them as they uh, lay a licking on Corey Schneider and the New Jersey Devils. little of Eskimos news as well. They have signed free agent receiver Chris Getzlaff. You can get more on that on the Eskimos page on 630Ched.com. We've got an Oilers page there. As well. 2 1, the Kings win this one. The Oilers had the lead going to the third. They got a late second period goal. Cassian from Hall and Dreisaitl, but then Carter and King scored for the Kings. King at, uh, with 5.50 left in the game, and that is six losses in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. Anaheim coming up uh, later today, Rob. Yeah, and it doesn't get any easier for the Edmonton Oilers as they go against a very hot Anaheim Duck team playing very well on home ice. And as we talked about earlier, Anaheim can beat you one nothing. They can beat you 5-4. They've got a ton of skill, good defense, good goaltending. It'll be a test for the Oilers, especially due to the fact that they're playing back-to-back nights. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2. I'll have a very abbreviated edition of Inside Sports from 6 to 6.30. Face-off show 
at 6.30. The game against the Ducks will start at 8. Rob, get a good sleep, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that ain't happening. Uh, Rob Brown will rejoin us tomorrow. Matthew Panashik has been our studio producer this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks so much for staying up late with us. It is 12.32 a.m. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line, has come to you from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Have a great night.